Friends, we need to chat. As the days count by, I can't help but think about the shift from the first half to the second half of the year. 2024 is flying by so fast. I want to give you a heads up that I'm hosting a free mid-year reboot event at the end of June. It's called Start Fresh, and it's exclusively for email subscribers. I'll be teaching how to untangle all of your projects and ideas to create a motivating plan for scrapbooking during the rest of 2024. The event will also feature a special offer for a no-subscription membership that is only available once per year. To lead up to this exclusive event, I'm also sharing some of my best secrets for scrapbooking more consistently with my email subscribers. If you are not getting emails from me, from Jennifer Wilson from Simple Scrapper, make sure you press pause on this episode and head over right now to simplescrapper.com slash focus. Simply enter your information and you'll be all squared away. Plus, I'll send you the Focus Finder, our favorite tool that you can start using immediately. I'll see you over there. But when you focus on just three baby steps, it allows you to kind of block out all the overwhelm, all the hugeness of what you want to accomplish and just start making progress. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 34. In this episode, I'm sharing my favorite strategies to start making progress when you feel stuck, overwhelmed, or too far behind to catch up. Hey friends, how's it going? I thought we would do a fun episode this week where it's just me, it's just casual, it's really not edited, but I do have a lot of notes here and a lot to share. I will go through our full agenda, just like I'm my own guest, and then we're going to end with a Q&A session. I've been gathering all the questions that you've been asking about my Before Your Story class, and I think it'll be good to go through some of those so you know what to expect if you decide to sign up. So to kick things off, let's talk about what's exciting me right now. And I have a couple of things. The first one is Soulful Simplicity, and that is this month's book club selection. The Simple Scrapper Book Club is a fun way that we combine personal development thinking, some of those good self-help books that you see online in the bookstore, and combine those with scrapbooking. It's a way of asking new and better and more interesting questions about your life and your creative hobby to gain insight on how you can find more time to create find more fulfillment in it, and make more progress along the way. And that that actually connects really well with today's topic. Because I think when you peel back the layers of what's going on, what's getting in your way, you're able to then make more intentional steps going forward. And I'm loving this book so much because it, it really wraps up 
so many of the concepts that we teach here at Simple Scrapper and that when you focus on creating that space in your life for whatever you're passionate about, whether that's creativity or something else, that allows everything else to flow better and be easier. Sometimes I think having our brand be called Simple Scrapper implies that we're just trying to simplify scrapbooking. And that's not the case. Yes, we do talk about ways that you can make your projects easier and and reduce the overwhelm in the actual creative process. And I'm going to share some of that today. But it's just as much about what you're doing throughout your life so that scrapbooking is a hobby that's personally fulfilling, provides that creative outlet that you need to feel grateful and content and settled and happy in your life, particularly when things are so busy and hectic. And I just love how this book wrapped up so many of those concepts and even a lot of the books that we've read before in the book club into one tight little really easy read. So if you haven't checked that one out yet, I would love for you to do that. Um, Each month I share the discussion guides on our website so you can see all the little questions that I have for you. And then we have our book club discussions inside the membership at the end of every month. And then related to this, I'm actually excited about something that seems really small, but it has a much bigger meaning. And I just got new hangers for my closet. Um, You might have seen me post about this on Instagram. I thought that the pinnacle of adulting was having wood hangers. But it turns out wood hangers are bulk, are bulky. I kept getting them like uh, like crossways in my closet and things would fall off and they would get tangled and they just weren't working for me anymore. Now they're great for heavier items for jeans and jackets and we're going to move a lot of them to our downstairs coat closet. But for my tops, I needed to have something that was going to be more practical. And so I switched all to slimline plastic hangers. And to me, this is just one way that I'm trying to add more ease in my life so that I have that extra space and I reduce that frustration. The worst thing in the world is to start your day feeling frustrated. And so if you can do one small thing to start your day with just more ease, that's the stuff you should be working on. On that same note, I feel like I'm definitely in this nesting mode. I think it's that time of year as we transition into the fall. We know the temperatures hopefully will eventually get cooler. We've had a lot of 90 degree days that are here still. But I've been framing a lot of photos and prints and hanging them on the wall with my favorite command strips. And it just, it seems long overdue. And I'm, I'm trying to take that more decisive action. Um, the other day I was cleaning out a drawer and I found this card that I had saved. Uh, and I had saved it for the sole purpose of framing it and hanging it on the wall. Why had I not done that? I'm sure I have a million excuses and a million reasons. But I decided that in that moment, I was going to stop. I'm going to find a frame on Amazon and order it. It came the next day. I framed the print and hung it on the wall. And I want to be more of that person who doesn't wait, who just takes the action immediately so that I can have not only a life that reflects my values, but a home that does as well. Um, sometimes, and I probably have said this before, sometimes I feel like that story of the, the cobbler's children have no shoes because my 
house doesn't have that many framed photos in it. We moved in almost five years ago now, and I still feel like we haven't finished unpacking. And I know this is so common, but I feel like this year is the year we're finally kind of wrapping things up, putting things on the wall. Maybe eventually we'll paint the walls. I have no idea. But at least we're really making this from a house to a home. And I want to have photos of my family and my past and everything in my life and even my ancestors all over my house. And so I'm really making that a priority in this season of my life is to make sure that my home reflects that that aspect of me that I that I value so much. All right, switching gears here, let's go into my bucket list for a minute. So this relates a little bit to the hangers. The other day I was at Sam's Club and they seem to have, this time of year especially, just some really great soft sweaters and sweatshirt type things. I've gotten one every single year for the past three years and I just picked one up. And when I was bringing it home, I was really kind of agonizing like, oh, do I need another sweatshirt? But I really quickly identified at least one, if not two, that I could get rid of that were stained, were worn out, things that I could eliminate from my home. And I'm really trying to do more of that for every one thing I bring in, I get rid of at least one, if not two other things. And one of the things that I thought of was the sweater. And that's why I said one, maybe two, because I'm not sure I want to get rid of it. But I think scrapbooking about this particular sweater will help me. So one of the stories on my bucket list is to scrapbook about the sweater that I got when we went to Germany. So a month after my husband and I got married, we took a trip with his mom and his sister and her husband to Europe. We went to Germany, Switzerland, and Austria, and then tiny bits into France and Italy so much that you could barely count that. It was a delightful trip. It was not our honeymoon. It just happened to be right after we got married. And I bought this wool sweater when we were in Germany. We had lots of tourist type experiences. And I was really very dead set on not bringing home any junk. I didn't want shot glasses. I didn't even want a cuckoo clock. I didn't want stuff that would just collect dust on my shelves or end up in a box somewhere. And so I remember I bought a tote bag, which I still use all the time. And I bought this sweater. And it's a cream colored, uh, what's that called? Cable knit sweater. It's wool. It itches. It's thick. And it has those sleeves that always felt like they're like cutting off the circulation in my wrists. It's very flattering, but it's so uncomfortable to wear. And I know you have some sort of article of clothing like that, that you just you dread putting on because it just makes you almost cringe. But you can't get rid of it because there's some sort of sentimental attachment to it. Somebody gave it to you. You invested a lot in it. You know, it was the the peak of fashion and you coveted it. And so I feel like that if I scrapbook about this sweater, and I know I have several photos of myself in it, that that would help me finally let it go. I don't need to keep the sweater to keep that memory to 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 celebrate that I didn't want to have tchotchkes in my home from this trip. And I get the irony there that my desire to not have the tchotchkes lended to a sweater that I've kept for 11 years, even though it's uncomfortable and itchy. <laughs> 
So I want you to encourage you to think about what might be on your bucket list, particularly in the scheme of things that would allow you to then let go of that item. What story could you tell that would give you that permission to to thank the item, to celebrate what it gave to you, and then send it on to hopefully benefit someone else in the world who maybe would even appreciate it more? If you haven't downloaded the bucket list tool, you can grab it for free, no email needed at simplescrapper.com slash download. All right, now on to a couple of announcements. So registration closes at noon this Wednesday, September 18th for the upcoming session of Before Your Story. Now, while class doesn't begin until September 26th, it was important to me to make sure that I was allowing plenty of lead time for my students. That's why registration is ending early because I want my students to get settled in our community, have time to start gathering their supplies and really feel content and prepared as we go in. I'm I'm not a type that can just buy something and just dive in the next day, particularly of a project of this scope. So I wanted to make sure there was enough padding so that everyone felt a more gentle a more gentle entry into the session of the class. And as I mentioned earlier, at the end of this episode, I will be going into some Q&A on the most popular questions I've been asked about what you'll experience in the Before Your Story workshop. And then in other news, also going on in our membership, is Stash Bash. This is an event that we do twice a year for our members to really have a specific focus on getting organized. And it could be decluttering, it could be rearranging, it could be even painting a room, or it could be a focus on using up your stash. This has become almost like a choose-your-own-adventure choose your type of experience So we provide seven days of guidance on here's what to focus on, here's how to figure out what you need, and then the accountability to keep going. But it's ultimately so personalized based on what you need and what's going to help you feel more able to scrapbook. This is starting tomorrow, Tuesday, September 17th. If you are taking before your story or planning on it, I recommend not doing stash bash other than maybe like a a simple cleanup of your desk because you don't need to, I don't, because I don't want you to invest all of your energy now. I want you to save that for when class begins at the end of the month. But for those of you who are not participating in before your story, I'd love if you joined us in the membership and gave it a go. Stash bash is one of the things our members love because it is that time that we set aside to get organized. Instead of feeling like that's always at the top of your list, you know there's time set aside in the future to get all those piles put away, get all those layouts into albums, and finally have that reset that you've been craving for your hobby. I know that I tend towards wanting to organize before creating. But knowing that I have Stash Bash on the calendar lets me put things aside. And yeah, that means I have a few piles here and there, but I know I have time starting Tuesday to to get things together. And that's something that I love about our community. All right, let's go into today's topic. And the title of this episode is When You Feel So Behind. Because I want to tackle this issue head on. And I want to do that because I 
personally feel behind this year. It's been a weird year for my scrapbooking. I think part of it has been that, you know, the time that I had for creating before, some of that has gone to the podcast, which I'm loving. And it's, it's a, it's, it's, it's a creative outlet in its own right. Um, and I've also maybe even give my, given myself too much permission to simplify, to do less, to focus on other things because of whatever season of life that I'm in. But that doesn't mean that I don't have projects that I want to finish or priorities that I want to focus on. So I, I, I started thinking about this episode with what advice would I tell myself? How do I need to get myself back on track? And that's what I want to share with you today, as well as some kind of bigger picture strategies that I use all the time to help help feel more caught up in my storytelling and how do I tell these big stories in an easier way. So let's dive into this first part is when you're feeling overwhelmed or stuck or you've lost your mojo or you just have that sense like I'm so behind, where do I even start? This is where I suggest you start. So step one is clean up your desk. I know I didn't say clean up your entire scrap room or your entire closet or your computer. I didn't say organize everything. I meant clean up your desk. What is right in front of you? Get rid of the clutter, put things away, or even move things off into a box so that you can feel just a small sense of space. Sometimes that's all we need is to have one flat, clear clear surface to feel like, okay, things are reset. And that it almost gives you that new sense of optimism and hope for organizing the rest. And sure, that means you might have a little bit of extra clutter on the side, but at least what's right in front of you is clear and ready. Now, step two is to get out of your dang head and just make something for fun. We talk about all the time about how scrapbooking is such a different type of craft. It's a different type of hobby because it's not just for the fun of it. There's an important personal component that just adds, sometimes it's a weight, sometimes that's a positive weight, and sometimes it's a negative one. It feels too important to mess up. And so that's why it's important to get out of your head, stop thinking about what's holding you back and just make something for fun. It doesn't even have to be a scrapbook page. It could be doodling. It could be painting, a collage. Just make something on your newfound clean desk just for fun. I want to encourage you, even if you're a digital scrapbooker, to just make something with your hands because there's something about that experience, that tactile experience with creating that pacifies your brain, if you will, and helps you feel more connected to your own creativity, to your own flow, and really opens the gates for more. All right. So now that we've kind of broken through a little bit, the next step is to make a list of just three tiny actions. These aren't three projects that you want to do or even three pages. What are the next three steps that you need to take? It could be printing one photo. It could be selecting a kit. It could be any number of things, but it's very three very small baby steps that you need to take. So you're going to make that list. And then here's step four. You're going to set a timer for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, no more than 20 minutes. And you're going to tackle the first of those steps, maybe even the second if you had time. And then you're going to repeat that process. 
You're just going to go step by step using a timer whenever you can to make progress on that list. It might take you one session. It might take you three sessions to get through those three items. And then here's what you do. You make a new list. But when you focus on just three baby steps, it allows you to kind of block out all the overwhelm, all the hugeness of what you want to accomplish and just start making progress. I know that can seem kind of boring, but unfortunately, progress comes from this consistent action, not from thinking or scrolling or feeling overwhelmed. We actually have to do something. So that's a strategy that you can use in the near term to get started, to get the ball rolling and start making progress again. But when you do have this sense of of overwhelm about how many stories you haven't told, what can you do to kind of make the mountains smaller? And I have a couple different strategies. One is to create more summary pages, and that's to tell more of the story in one space. You can do that with photo collages, you can use lists, you can use timelines, anything you can do to bring multiple stories or multiple related parts of one story into a single page, a single spread, or even a single project to condense things down and and know that that is good enough because that means this whole big thing has now been told. And on a similar note, the next strategy is to use more condensing formats to do that. I love layouts. Layouts are my natural tendency where I find the most ease in my scrapbooking. But using pocket pages, using the Project Life app, using photo books, using other hybrid or digital techniques, those can help me condense my stories much more than a a traditional focus on layouts, whether your layouts are paper or digital, they, those are traditionally one story at a time. So let's take Thanksgiving as an example here. So let's say you haven't scrapbooked Thanksgiving in five years. You don't need to create five layouts to capture Thanksgiving. You can create one page that captures your Thanksgiving over the past five years. Put that in your most recent album, even put it in this year's album. And Talk about what Thanksgiving means to you and wrap that story up with a bow and consider it done. I think sometimes we get so attached to the chronology of our stories and forget what's most important is that the story is captured. And so this leads me to my final point here. And this is something we talk about a lot here at Simple Scrapper and and on the podcast is to just take this deeper look at what's working for you and what's not working. Where do you keep getting stuck? What keeps leaving you feeling overwhelmed? Is it a particular format you're choosing? Is it a particular expectation you have of yourself? What's working well and how can you do more of that? And what's not working and how can you make a course correction so that you can start making progress again? And this applies to your whole life just as much as it applies to the specifics of your hobby. There may be other things going on that are getting in the way of your creative energy, the time you have, and the energy that you have to devote to your creative hobby. 
So these big picture strategies on how to simplify and streamline and capture your stories more holistically connects really well to the Before Your Story album project because we use these strategies of timelines and collages and pocket pages and lists to capture 20 to 30 years of your life in one single album, which on the surface can feel overwhelming. How can I possibly document what happened to me during that span of my time within a matter of pages. But you can when you take this summary approach, when you hit the high points and know that you can fill in more details later. It gives you that relief of the overwhelm. And even on a a grander scale, that once you have this album completed, you know that this part of my life, I've got the gist captured. If I want to do more later, I can. But for now, I feel content and that creates all of this this energetic freedom and space to then work on other stories outside of that time period. So that brings me to answering some of your questions about the album class. So the one that I've received the most is, can you scrapbook someone else's story with this album framework? And the answer is yes, 100% yes. I've done my own story and I'm excited to dig into my husband's and the stories of my stepson's as well. I'm going to do a little bit of a different format for each of those. But yes, you can use this framework to capture anyone's story over a period of years. It could be childhood only. It could be birth to adulthood. You could really even do this for someone's entire life with the caveat that you'll have to choose. It'll be even harder to choose the stories that you include. I will also say the closer you are to the story um, by immediate family or the more you have access to the person to answer questions for you and help you along the way, the easier time you'll have with scrapbooking the story. Now, that said, I know others who have used this to scrapbook a, a family member who's passed away. You can certainly do that, particularly if you have firsthand knowledge and a lot of documentation and photos of that subject. It's a beautiful framework and there's even ways to simplify it if you are lacking information and using kind of surrogate photos and placeholders to to pull it all together. So yes, very, very possible to do someone else. I know a lot of empty nesters especially are um, eager to do something holistic about their child's growing up. And I would say that's a wonderful way to use this framework. I also get asked a lot about, can you adapt the project to a different size, like six by eight? Can you use the Project Life app? What if I have a lot of digital skills? What if I don't have any digital skills? So fundamentally, this project is a storytelling framework, a way for you to identify what to capture over a long period of time and how to organize that in a way that doesn't, that feels complete without being exhaustive. How do you capture the high points in a way that really feels every, so that everything relates and feels like you've got the gist, the essence, you've told what matters most of this story? So from that perspective, yes, you can use any size, any format, digital, hybrid, paper, pockets, whatever works for you. And that's what our community is for us to help you make those small decisions on what to include, what not, and how to structure everything together based on your style preferences, your skills, your format loves, and how you want it to come together. 
This next question is really important for you to understand. So what if you have hundreds or even thousands of photos from your childhood? Do you have to scan them all to begin this project? And the answer is no. I do not even want you to even attempt that. This time is not for scanning thousands of photos, for scanning comprehensively your childhood. It's for selecting a subset of images that you will then digitize and include in this project. And even if you're creating a traditional album with paper products or using pockets, I do recommend you digitize those originals and reprint them for two reasons. One is what if something's going to happen? What if something happens to that original? Uh, You spill a cup of coffee on your project. You don't want that to be damaged. And two, our photos are degrading over time. Whether you printed them today or 20 years ago or 50 years ago, they are degrading. So by scanning an image now, it preserves any existing degradation and kind of freezes that in time and creates a new original for you to work from in the future. So I really feel strongly about doing that. I don't want you to lose any originals and I also want you to stop and pr- stop that degradation in its tracks so that at least a portion of your photos are preserved forever. And what it really comes down to is that you won't have time to scan them all. And if you endeavor to do that as part of this time, that's what you will spend your time doing. So I want you to focus on telling the story, capturing it with a selection of photos. And then if you still desire to go back and do an archival project of scanning your entire past, you can do that. But that's not what this class is for, nor do I recommend you start there because I think you'll just get frustrated and overwhelmed. And then finally, I get a lot of questions about are there prompts to jog my memory? What if I don't have photos from my childhood? What, what if I get stuck in what to say? The class really guides you through that. There's a huge series of prompts that you can apply to yourself or someone else throughout every phase of your life to help jog your memory. And you can also, we also help you find surrogate images for when you don't have the right photo. You can find them from your own photo library or even find them on the web to be placeholders for when you don't have just the right image for the story you want to tell. Sometimes you can even choose not to have a photo. What's most important here is that you capture the story with or without the photo. And so we guide you through that. And that's really where our community comes in. And I mentioned that we'll, at the beginning, we'll help you figure out your project, guide you to how you want everything to be set up. But as you're going along story by story, we can help answer those questions. I don't have a photo of this. What would you use? I can't figure out how to tackle this particular story. How would you do that? What's an example? And so that's my personal favorite part of this process is really helping you through every single step of the way and making you feel like this is so possible that this project is such a treasure to your entire library of memories and that you can get this time of your life scrapbooked. All right. If you have any other questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me however you want to Instagram, Facebook, email, comment on the show notes for this episode. I'm happy to answer And of course, most importantly, I want you to remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way. Thanks, guys, and see you next week.